I got I got I got I got I got money, 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 money on my bees, cause I'm gaining all these honeys. I got money, 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 money. Money is the virus, cause these niggas at the buggy. I got money, money, money. Welcome everyone to the Genuine Content Podcast with your hosts Jay and Josh. Jay, what's good with you, man? We're back for another one another one in a week man like we're just we're on a roll today we're just recording third episode bandwidth kind of low but man i'm i'm pretty good right now just finished playing some of that legend of zelda on the switch been on that game for over like about eight eight to ten days can't even think when but man i've been playing that game non-stop <laughs> that game's so good um so i've been doing a little bit of that been feeling refreshed because gaming is kind of like my own therapy you know, we had that therapeutic episode, so that's kind of my way of calming, you know, calming down, just uh, getting back to my equilibrium. Been doing that, and I actually just finished watching Scream Six on Paramount. Oh, shit. so so Was it more um, funny than scary, like they usually are, or like no, nah, no, nah, this one, um, the past two screams five and six, they've been pretty good. It's, I mean, I really like it because it's so meta, it's like yeah we're a sequel and we know this and these are the treads of the sequel so we have to watch out like if if um the killer's dead from the fifth episode is like okay if there's a new character introduced here we automatically just got to keep an eye on you like um you're you're you know like okay. you're suspicious already yeah. and, it, and it's like well, the fourth wall though it's just kind of like we just know how this goes. Yeah, no, no. I think Scream Two was the only one that broke the fourth wall, but this one is just saying like we live in a world of sequels. It's like the movie Scream, but then in the movie they're called Stab. It's obviously like Stab is supposed to be Scream. It's it's fun. It's it was, it was pretty. It's pretty good. I mean, I like scary movies. It's not scary to me. I don't. I can't even think of the last. I think the last scary movie for me was like The Fourth Kind, and that's only because it was real. But like I, I just kind of watch these scary slashers film just just for me, just for giggles, just because I like it, right? I got you. I got what you. about you, man? What you been uh, up to this week, man? I mean, you already know. Like we've been we've linked up for three of these uh, three of these days to record, but it's been a it's been one of the biggest busiest work weeks that I've had, and so like obviously like I'm getting into the new week since today is actually a Sunday. Um, and this weekend was like a whole bunch of like just house errands, like just the normal generic stuff, right? Like mowing the lawn, just got a new edger, like weed trimmer. So like trying to, you know, hook that thing up, then use it. I was on the lawn for maybe like two hours. And then after that, like I was gassed because it's hot. <laughs> so like the way you were decompressing with Zelda, like I did the same thing just because I was tired and like just didn't want to do a thing for a little bit. I was like, I just need to recharge a little bit, you know, sit down on the couch, play some games before we get on this pod, man. But you no know, good vibes here. I'm high energy. Now I'm ready to go. Perfect. Perfect. Hey, uh, before, you know, before we keep going, you know, I, I'm a very high advocate of, Simply and I, I see, I see you on, I see you on deck right now, man. Off air, you, you, you told me so. Why don't you yeah. tell everybody what's good with this? So, uh, yeah, see, see, I just, uh, I actually just cracked open the the signature peach one, and so this is the uh, simply spiked uh, peach juice that you were talking about. 
Oh yeah, the kiwi one, right? Or, or that's a regular one. This is the regular peach one. I uh, I just wrapped up that kiwi long ago. I will say that. I will say that the strawberry is the worst one so far. <laughs> I to be in that one, I don't know hey, why. Hey, you know what? To be fair, to be fair, you know, you might be a little biased on this only because back in our days, remember the whole the margarita Bud Light thingies. Remember we used to drink the strawberries. Man, I'm biased towards strawberry stuff though. It, but that was just that was just triggering because <laughs> that I, I don't I think the last time I had that was that one night we had and it was because of strawberries and, and I never touched it ever since. Yeah, man, no, that, that <laughs> worst headache like ever. Oh yeah, it was like 12, 13 some odd years ago, something like that, man. That was just insane. After college, it was during college thing, after. Man. Yeah, you remember, you remember when we went? It was a wedding weekend, and we went out to the club. I think the night before. And then we was drinking it, and we just like decided to throw it away because like whatever, like we're, we're we're going to the club anyway. And I remember we came back to your car, looked down, and all you saw was sugar yeah, right by. It was disgusting. Like, it was disgusting. Left over. I was like, so everything else dried up around. <laughs> the alcohol is gone, like, right? But yeah, the sugar's exactly. there. That's how you know it was like. It was like old school Kool Aid. Like you just have the sugar on the bottom. You just have to stir it up before you pour it. It's disgusting, like man. It nasty, man. Like I was like, I, I can't do it. But but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm with these. The I still think these are a little too sweet for me personally. But you know, but, but this is perfect for the summer though. Like these are just like imagine at a cookout, someone just brings some of these. You know, one or two. Hey. One or two. One or two as a pregame before someone brings out the hard liquor, the good stuff. Fair enough. Like, fair enough. The, 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 these are definitely not. You're going to chug these because. No, 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 no. You, you got to be mindful these days. Man. I would say because you haven't had the mango yet. The mango is the best one. I was talking to my cousin's boyfriend and he was like, you know what? This The, the mango is probably a good chase for like a like a rum or like a like a. See, like a cognac. That's that and, stuff, man. Like, he a drinker, though. He a drinker, though. That is that will get you. Uh, but, hey, but that, you'll, you'll definitely have days where you're laughing your ass off, like <laughs> later in hey, life, right? <laughs> the, the last time we mixed liquid lick is the the infamous uh, Moscato Loco. <laughs> we really did some dumb things back in the day. Man. Stupid college kids, man. Yeah, doing stupid college stuff. But we had a blast, a lot of laughs, some good times. And hopefully we're gonna have some more laughs today because we uh yeah. we have a special guest with us today. Perfect segue. Uh, hey, no, I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm getting more professional by the, uh, by the episode. <laughs> you know it is it's, 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 it's the simply spiked, man. You know, it's, it's making you loosen up a bit. <laughs> hey, you know what? Maybe maybe yeah, I'm a little bit more uh, more charming right now. I got more charisma in my game. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, we're going to have a few more laughs. We're going to talk about just the laughing culture, right? We're going to go back uh, a little bit to a, a past episode. We actually talked a lot about comedy. We talked a lot about art. and uh, Episode two, cancel you softly. Yeah, yeah. And so now we have a comedian on to actually talk about their life in comedy uh, with the twist, because there's much more to it than that. But uh, without further ado, you know, let's have her on. Welcome, welcome what here. What's going hey on? Guys. How's it going? 
vibing good. out here. How about yourself? Yeah. Good, good. I'm excited you, to be on. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, no, thank you for being here. So, um, before we put you in, I saw you was drinking a little something. What, what, what's in the cup today? Oh, I w- yeah, I was like, I was going to go get a drink, but by that I meant tea. Because uh, <laughs> <damn. laughs> I'm old Dang. and I'm tired, and I was just oh, like, I need a little bit of with the, with the pump face. <laughs> I'm like, oh, she gonna join us? Yeah, we're like, no. yeah, do you think? Do you think? <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Well, Ash, uh, we are delighted to have you today. So uh, we'll give you the floor to kind of introduce yourself. You know what you're doing these days, and. uh what the vibes are like. All right. Um, so Ash Cash, that's not my real name. That's my stage name. My real name will be a secret for now. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm on here because I do comedy and that's what you guys are interested in. But that's not all I do. I actually went to UF around the same time you guys did. Um, go Gators. Studied, yeah, go Gators. Uh, I studied engineering while I was there. So I am an engineer by day and a comedian by night. So <laughs> That is wild, Ashley. Thank you so much for it. And I'm, I'm sure your time is uh, quite rigid, especially, you know, <laughs> working those, uh, wearing those two hats. So we appreciate you having uh, the time to kind of spend with us. So yeah. I guess let's uh, let's start off with kind of the UF days, right? And uh, a little bit further, you know, I, I know a little bit about your ethnicity and, and being Jamaican and UF is always like that was that's fun. I just know yeah. that that has vibes with it. So talk a little bit about that. Like, what was it like kind of transitioning, just getting into UF and uh, being an engineer? Because I know that's one of like the tougher fields that obviously, you know, a lot of people talk about, but. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like kind of, you know, your experience at UF? Um, I don't remember. I was blackout. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I about to say, that's a good answer. Oh, yo. <laughs> you I miss it. <laughs> no, no, no. But, um, actually, no, I, I actually didn't start drinking like immediately. Like I didn't start drinking until my junior year. Um, I actually... I didn't wait till 21, but I waited till like 20. So I, I think I was a little behind on the curve with that one. Um, no, no, actually you weren't. You weren't? Okay. <laughs> uh, I, did, I, I didn't start till like 19. And then my, one of our friends didn't start till like 20. So Yeah. I just yeah, remember my roommates my roommates drinking Arbor Mist. Oh. <laughs> Yo. Yeah. Yo, the gas station vibes. Do you remember Arbor Mist? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Gosh, oh, I remember yeah. those. <laughs> or that, oh, no, no, you know what was worse? That oak leaf wine that they used to sell at Walmart for $4.97. I don't know if you guys know that one or not. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm oh, yeah. you know, very concerned that you remember the price. Like, <laughs> so, funny story. Uh, I went into Trader Joe's the other day and I saw like the two buck chucks <laughs> that we used to get like a I couple of times those. ago. Those no, were like, those. so I, inflation got those. Now they're like five bucks. But like back in the day, like they were like three dollars. And then I remember one of those days at U Club, one thirteen. Rest in peace at our place. (laughs) I don't know how that place is still like (laughs) operational, but this person like just walks in with like four bottles of wine and was just like, "Yeah, this is nothing." I think it was a who was it? Who was it? Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, obviously. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep that person anonymous. Yeah. 
Probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, told us about that. And I was like, what? Three, four dollar one. This is insane. Um, but even then, even then, there was this one guy. So I brought it up the Moscato Loco. So what we used to do is that sounds that sounds wrong. What's so, a Moscato Loco? <laughs> so what we used to do. So there was this thing called. You remember the Kangaroo, a gas station. The so, one on 34th? Or yes. Like, that, yeah. yeah. Well, but the best right one we went to. From that one. <laughs> so, when we, this was our definitely our senior year. Yeah. And uh, they had something called the Rue Cup, where you'll get like whatever, like something like this, right? Oh, the refillable stuff? Yeah. For, for a quarter. Yeah. For a quarter. Mm-hmm. So, we yeah. used to, me and Josh, what we used to do is like on Fridays, we'll, <laughs> we'll go like fill it up with whatever our alcohol of choice is, and it'll just go there. Hey, here's a quarter. And put the slushy in it, yeah. and, then, and then and then it was a pool party one time, and then we did that, and then a friend that we won't, we won't name was like, "Hey man, what y'all sipping on?" So it was like, "Oh, you know, whatever, whatever our cheap drink of choice was that day." He was like, "I got something better for you. It's called the Moscato Loco." I was like, "Oh, what's that?" He was like, "Oh, he's like, get yourself a peach uh, for Loco and get a Moscato and just mix it." He was like, "Why would we do that?" He's like, "Trust me, you don't need to mix anything with four Loco." <laughs> So we we did that for a whole summer, and that summer was a blur. <laughs> that was some rough stuff. And mind you, like that was the first time I'd had a four loco since like four loco like first came out, and like everybody was just was this after they it. changed the recipe? Like it was when after it initially came out. It was it was dead. not the initial. The initial I had the initial. Oh okay. Then, oh, I didn't like the the post like the <laughs> the ad version. Oh, I didn't have the the. The, un- the, the uncensored version. <laughs> that was yeah. That one I did a half a can, a half a can, and I blacked out. Like I was at the pool, yeah, drank a was... half a can. I woke up in my bed. I don't know how I got from the pool to the bed. That's <laughs> college. Destructive. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know what they put in that to make it. Maybe it was the, like the extra caffeine and like all the like the uppers with it. But mm-hmm. no, nah, they they loaded it up way too bad. It was, uh, that was some dangerous stuff. Yeah, for sure. But uh, so obviously you go the engineering route. So what was like your initial like interest in engineering was um, and and I'm Ghanaian by descent. So like I kind of get the vibes of like uh, African parents or Caribbean parents uh-huh. that almost like steer you into a direction like. Yeah, yeah, medicine, yeah. That's, it engineer, was, it was half, yeah, because it was half that because um. You know, I think I've always been interested in some kind of performing ever since I was a kid. Like I was on the choir and I used to love to do like little skits with my friends when I was a kid. But obviously, like in a Caribbean household, that's not a real career. So (laughs) but in high school, I I really liked um, drafting and I liked physics. So I figured those two together. I think I initially wanted to do architectural engineering. But they didn't, they only offer that in Miami, which was like a private school. So I think I just ended up with civil. That was like the closest thing to it. And that's how I ended up in civil engineering. It's not that I didn't enjoy it. Like I do like the idea of like designing these buildings and doing all this stuff. Um, But I feel like I always kind of like suppress this artistic side of me the entire time. But that's, that's how I ended up in engineering is I was really good at math and physics. I liked my drafting class. Um, architecture was always really interesting to me. Um, my dad was a draftsman, so I was around that as a kid too. So yeah, that's how I kind of ended up at UF with, uh, the engineering degree. 
And what years did you go? Um, 2007 through 2013. So I did um, bachelor's and a master's. Small world, and we was there from yeah. 09 to 13 oh, and didn't even yeah. meet. The whole time. That, it's crazy because, like, UF is such a big place. But it's even, like, huge. even the black community, like, is relatively small. Like, yeah. usually, like, people know everyone, you know. And so, like, but sometimes oh, yeah. you have, like, one or two people. Who I definitely like, knew all the Jamaicans for sure. From <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, Josh, you were right because, like, if you think about the black community and just, like, the – and like the Hispanic community, like so for example, you had like me and Josh were both were both uh Kappa, so we're part of like the Divine Nine. So you have those fraternity sororities, then you have the MGC, the multicultural Greek council. So like like Hispanics and like Asian and such like that. And it's like mm-hmm. they were small, but I feel like we all knew each other at the set when the set was a thing. Oh yeah. For anyone who don't know, Turlington <laughs> the Plaza. Set was lit. <laughs> yeah, you had, not you had called... some, like real live times, especially like is it not years. called the set anymore? I mean, it is, but like for it people is. who don't know, like it's Turnus and Plaza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you you had some good moments then, because I always heard about like the the year or two before I came on campus, and that was like that was the real set, and that we mm-hmm. never really experienced that. So yeah. You know, Give us a give us a quick uh, elevator about what that vibe was like. Like, what was a Friday? I don't know. Like, maybe like late afternoon, like early man, it afternoon. Happened. Like, it over. It, it definitely happened at noon, man. Like, because even yeah, now, yeah, yeah. even yeah. when we were there at noon, it was like popping. Yeah, I mean, I know. Like, we do. Like, the main reason that we'd be out there is like doing the tabling, trying to like promote our clubs, events, and it would just be just all the different groups have their tables and we'd hang out, do all this stuff, just have a little break in the middle of the day. Um, and it's like, everybody passes through the set. Cause that's like the center of everything. So, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty chill. <laughs> yeah, Josh, it was definitely, I, I remember like during preview and um, some of my like preview staff was like Greek. So I was like, I knew a Lambda and I knew an alpha and it was like always telling me like, yeah, man, the set, definitely go there like during he's like especially during the summer because the summer you, you know you, you only really have two classes like definitely go there meet everybody i met a lot of people that i knew now from the set yeah just hanging out there yeah it, it was, was fun like, then that was the penultimate words of wisdom like as soon as you went to a preview or something like that they were blasting it it was like market it was like marketing yeah. 101 the set the set the set like you gotta go yeah. do it you know vibe out and hang out meet people but, you know, that's cool. Actually, thank you for sharing, you know, the kind of early career aspects of your story. And so let's fast forward a little bit, right? Like you're, you're in your career, but what, at what point was that passion for art and creativity kind of coming back and like what kind of inspired you to, you know, pursue that second hat, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Um, it was pretty much right after COVID kind of, we were locked down. I was working from home. And it was just like, you know, I need something else. I need a hobby. Um, And at that time, I was getting out of like a long term relationship. So it's like, you know, I'd been with that person for eight years. And you you realize how much free time you have when you're single, like, because you're not trying to spend time with someone else. And it's just like, I'm home. I can't go out and hang out with my friends. I, you know, like I'm working from home. 
I don't have like a significant other that I have to worry about. So let's see, let me see what else I can pursue, stuff like that. And I did other stuff. Like I, I bought like a guitar, I bought a piano. Um, I was trying to learn like different music stuff. I was trying to teach myself, like have like singing lessons. I did voice acting classes. I did regular acting classes and I ended up doing a stand-up class and it didn't initially like click, but then I, a few months after I took that stand-up class, I ended up going to an open mic and I really enjoyed it. And then I just kept going with it after that. Like I didn't put a lot of pressure on myself because I was like, I have a job and it was, it started out as a hobby, but right now it's like turning into a passion. And, you know, sometimes I, you know, I'm like at a point, like I want to consider like, how far do I want to go with this? Do I want to like do a career change? I'm not there yet, but it's like, you know, it could be something that that happens in the future for sure. That's what's up. So was the so was comedy something that you felt came naturally to you? Um, like amongst your peers, w- would you consider yourself the funny person? Um, I think I think among my close friends, because I think I'm I'm naturally a shy person, and I think with people like in a general crowd, I'm probably going to be quiet. But mm-hmm. I know around like my friends, like the friends you know, like Stephanie and them, like. They always thought I was funny. So, in, but I thought it was just like, oh, you're my friends. Of course, you're going to laugh at my stupid jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always been obsessed with stand up comedy. It's, it's something that's always gotten me through a lot of tough times in my life. Like, I, you know, anytime I'm going through something bad, I'll just like watch like stand up comedy marathons. Like, when I was a kid, I watched a lot of like Comic View and Comedy Central Presents. You know, they used to have these marathons and I'd just sit down and watch them all day. Like I could not get enough of comedy and anytime any new Netflix special or HBO special came out, I'd like watch it immediately. It didn't even matter who the comedian was. I just, just love watching people do comedy. I love the Shaq All-Stars uh, comedy specials. Like he always brings the best comedians. Yeah. <laughs> they had some heat. Jay, I've seen you chomping at the bit, man. You've got some follow-ups. I don't want to take the whole floor for now. No, go go ahead. Um, actually, let me go uh, go by this. So, um, I know you say you love to watch the comedy specials and such. Who are the particular ones? Like, you know, like you say, if, if you know you're bored or you know times are rough, you like to watch some. Like, who are your go tos? Go to comedians. Um, I like you know the usuals like Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock. I really like Gary Goldman. Um, he connects with me a lot because he also like suffers from depression and he brings a lot of that into his comedy and his special about that is one that I watched a lot during the pandemic to help me through. Um, Michael Che is another one of my favorites. Uh, Eliza Schlesinger. Um, I probably messed her name up. I always do. <laughs> Taylor Tomlinson is another good one. Um, Yamanika Saunders is a good one. There's, there's just so much. Um, Tom Papa is another one that like helps me when I'm sad. Mike Moran, uh, Mark Moran, um, yeah, Mark Moran um, is another one. So just a bunch. I just, you know, I just love all of them. <laughs> that's what's up. Yeah, that's a, that's a list of a list. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I remember like the Michael Chase from like a while ago. He was on. Um, SNL? Or? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, he was on like a lot of SNL skits and like he's a funny dude. Yeah, he's <laughs> a super funny. funny. 
Very underrated. Yeah, his uh, Michael Che Matters one is one of my favorites. I got to tune in on that one then. I'm going to jot that one down just for myself. But uh, so from like the list that you gave us, do you find that you took like some inspiration from them or like? I think uh, I try. Yeah, I try not to like I'm trying to like make my own style. But I feel like Gary Goldman is one that I really like admire his style because he's able to he talks a lot about he does a lot of storytelling and then he did a lot of talking about like himself and his journey through depression but what i do admire the most about him is he's able to take just the most mundane topic and then just make it into just this hilarious story like he has a whole bit on just like different types of cookies and it's like you 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 wouldn't think that there'd be so much material in cookies but he just like the way he paints a picture is so amazing and just so impressive to me that you know i i like that because then it's just like you have it gives me hope for like unlimited material because a lot of my comedy is about my life and I'm just like, I'm going to run out of interesting stories to tell eventually. But he gives me hope that you can literally just take a random thing in your day and just make it funny and find a way to craft that. And I feel like that's a really good talent, unique talent to have. It's impressive. That's what's up. So I one question I think Josh is going to probably going to go to this is um, you're doing this you said on the side right but you're considering maybe potentially this could be a potential career change so how do you quote unquote wear both hats like how do you by day engineer by night Ash Cash like how does that balance work? Um, well, right now I still work from home. So it, it does make it a little bit easier. And honestly, like the stand up, it's everything's at night. So it's like, I feel like before when I, you know, did work, it's like I finish work and I go to the bar and do something. And it's kind of the same idea. But just now when I go to the bar, I'm doing comedy at that bar instead. So um, it and it, it helps like it just keeps me it gives me something to like, you know, change the focus of my brain. Cause in the day I'm just doing a lot of analytics, a lot of emails, a lot of very, you know, boring kind of stuff. I mean, I still like my job, I'm going to say, but it's some, a lot of it is very repetitive. So comedy kind of like lets me use the other side of my brain, which I really love. Like I get to kind of get those both sides of my brain active and working and, that's one thing I always want to do is just keep my brain going because it's like my biggest asset. Cool. So kind of marrying the two, you find a way to it's so comedy is really not a tiring experience for you. It's almost like a complimentary and maybe additive. Like it kind of, yeah, it's going it, mm-hmm. um, I, cause for me, it is a hobby. I hate to call it a hobby because it's, it's, it's people's careers. So I'm not mm-hmm. trying to like put it down because it is a career. But for me right now, it is a hobby. It's something that I do that I really enjoy. Like I've never had to go do a show or had to go to an open mic or had to write a joke. And I felt like, oh, God, I got to go. Like, I'm tired. I got to go do this. Like, it's always something I look forward to at the end of the day. And it's it's like a relaxing thing more than a job for me. So it's like I don't see it as like. A second job even though i do get paid for it but it's like i don't really see it as a second job i just see it as a hobby that i just happen to get paid for 
something about those passion projects, right? Like, I know that's like the new buzz term, right? Like your passion project, like whenever you get a chance, you follow this instead. Isn't that what we're doing, Josh? Low key, yeah. You know, (laughs) you might be our inspiration to to potting then. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd heard about your... um, your transition. Well, I don't want to even call it transition since it seems like it's an addition now. It's as yeah. opposed to just a, a swap. But I thought that was quite remarkable to go from like engineer, like you said, like very analytical type of uh, career occupation to a very let loose style and just kind of, you know, just kind of be you, do you and um, yeah. and share it with other people. Like that is just awesome stuff. It's funny because she, she's like... Like for she's using like one job is like left brain, the other job is right brain. Like she, so she's using both both uh, both sides of her brain daily, essentially. Sure. Yeah. There's definitely some overlap um, that I never even thought that would help me out because one thing when I started comedy, um, a lot of people always told me I had good stage presence, not the best, but like I had like more of a stage presence than most other people who go up there. Cause usually when they go up there, they're very like shy or it's just, just hard for them to be on stage. And that part wasn't so hard because in my job, I was a training coordinator. I did business developments where I had to go to companies and like try to sell our company services and stuff like that. So I was always doing some kind of semi public speaking, which really helped me transition. It kind of like removed that barrier which is a big barrier that a lot of people who start comedy have to get over. So that part of it I already had down, just being able to talk in front of people. Then the next part was just trying to be funny. I see. So especially in like today's world, and I guess we can kind of transition into that point, Jay. Um, You would think that you have to be very selective about the content that you say or or perform with, right? Like... um, Mm -hmm. But comedy has always had that interesting place in how offensive can you be? Yeah. Yet be funny at the same time. And then um, it's been an interesting field when it comes to like illustrating or highlighting a lot of social things that are going on. But I was curious in your experience, like how have you had to navigate through that? Or like, have you had to like check your own content at the door really quick or like, What's that um, dynamic for you? I don't, I don't think, I don't really overthink it. Um, Cause I talk a lot about my life. So it's like, what could I really say that's going to offend someone? I'm talking about me and my experience. Like you can't mm-hmm. get offended by my experience. And if you do, then you're just, I feel like you're just looking for something. Cause I feel like oh, some people are like, I don't want to dismiss people's like concerns or feelings, but at the same time, like these are jokes if you don't like a certain comedian, just don't go to their shows. Don't support their stuff. Um, I don't believe any comedians are really trying to intentionally hurt people or do anything bad. They're just trying to be funny, make people laugh. I, like at the end of the day, most comedians want to make people laugh and making people laugh and making people feel good is a good feeling for us. And I feel like that's a really important thing in today's society. And it's like, if you find, yeah, like I said, if you find something offensive, just don't, participate leave the room um you know it's like i get it like some people say oh well if you say this then you're going to cause other people to think that it's okay whatever but i was like i think just everybody just needs to have discernment 
when they're listening to certain things and understand that comedians aren't politicians, comedians aren't these people that you need to live, like you're not going to live your life off of a bit. Like it's a bit, it's a joke at the end of the day. So, you know, it's rough, but um, I don't know. I think you just have to take it one thing at a time. So how do you think does the comedy landscape has changed over the years? Because just think about it, like we talked about this off year from the 90s to early 2000s, 2010s, and now we're in 2020s, the evolution of comedy. Like, do you think it's going like for the better or not? Because like, if I think of someone like Bernie Mac, who's very much a raunchy, <laughs> very raunchy comedian. And I think, I think, I think you guys can agree with me, whatever his comedy skits were in the nineties and two thousands, I think multiple communities would just go after him immediately. They were whatever Dave Chappelle got, Bernie Mac will get that ten times. Like I think, yeah. and I and I'm one who loves Bernie Mac. So, mm-hmm. and and I understand why some people may think it's offensive, but again, I think comedy. I I view comedy in a different landscape. But I guess I get, I get, I, I want to hear what you got to say, and I guess I'll go a little bit more about how I feel about like the comedy landscape. Um, I think, honestly, I don't believe cancel culture is a thing. I think sometimes people get mad and then those... That's a hot take. (laughs) (laughs) I like, no, what I think is the the people who are upset with it are the people who are going to be the loudest, but the people who are okay with it are just going to sit in the background and enjoy it regardless, because all it is, is that, yeah, sometimes like these people will make enough noise to where like a company like Netflix may be like, okay, we won't do a special with you. But like a lot of these comedians, what they end up doing is just releasing stuff independently and their fans are going to come to them regardless. Like, like Louis CK still releases comedy specials, but he just does it on his own website and people go and pay for it now. Like, he, you know, like he's quote unquote canceled, but he's still working. Like, Oh yeah. They went for him. Still out there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, if you have your audience and you have your fans, you're you, you're not really gonna get canceled unless I don't, maybe if you murder, murder or rape. Like I think, like if you're doing yeah. something really bad, like in your life. But like if you're just saying stuff and you're just sharing, everybody's entitled to their opinion. And if you want to put it in a joke, you can. And if you're offended by it, you, the thing is, as much as a right, the people who complain have a right to complain. The comedians have the right to say what they're gonna say. It's just like everything. Everything you say, you can say anything you want to say. You just know there's going to be consequences some there. And it's like, are you, are you willing to deal with those consequences? But it's like the people who are offended, they have the right to say that they're offended and that's it. But, you know, it's if you have your audience, you have your audience and you're going to keep going. So do you think a comedian can take it too far in regards to jokes? Um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no, I don't think so. Cause it's just jokes at the end of the day. And yes, it can be offensive. Yeah. You can say some stuff you're not supposed to say, but if you're willing to deal with whatever comes with that, then go ahead and do it. You know, like I'm never gonna, cause there are some things that even comedians in my scene say things on stage and I'm just like, Oh, I don't like that, but I'll just leave the room. Like I'll just leave the room or I just, you know, like that's just not a comedian I'm going to be chill with. But I'm not going to be like, oh, I don't want him doing comedy anymore or I don't want her doing comedy anymore. I'm never going to do that. It's just like do whatever you can. If you can find an audience for that and whatever, go ahead. 
I don't know uh, if that's like a, a hot that, take or whatever, but that's just how I feel. <laughs> oh, it's a hot take, just just based on the well, for me because it's uh the nature of society. I yeah. think uh, I think the the art of comedy is going downhill, not because of the comedians like yourself. But I just think it's um what the vocal minority wants and yeah. and censorship. Like I think it's what they're really trying to do, but that's. I, what I have is a hot take as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, kudos to you, Ash. I think it's actually kind of brave, like, to still just be outspoken as far as, like, the content that you want to put out there and, like, not necessarily just worrying about the black the backlash, like, however it comes. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we've said this before, right? You can't please everybody. Yeah. And you're going to offend somebody somehow, some way, right? But <clears throat> we've had a couple of uh, recent episodes about being PC or or about this notion of, like, has PC kind of been very much a negative for society or not? <clears throat> and one of the questions we posed was, do we think that, you know, society is just kind of too sensitive or or easily offended? I was curious on your thoughts on that. Like, I think, yeah, I think some people can get a little bit too sensitive. And I feel like that's just, it's a little bit narcissistic, I think, because it's just like, it's not about you. Like, and that's what happens. I think these people who get too sensitive or too offended is just like, this is about me. Why are they? And it's just like, it's not about you. Nothing's about you. Like, we're all living in this world trying to get by. If like if you make everything about you, then you're gonna get offended by everything. And what kind of life is that to live? Focus on what makes you happy. Do the things that make you happy and live your life. If comedy isn't some, there are just some people who just don't like comedy because of what people say and what people do. Don't don't go to a comedy show. Go to a music show. Go anywhere else. Like it's not like we're forcing you to go sit down in the seat. It's not like we're forcing you to watch this. Just don't watch it. Don't listen to it. It's not that hard. Now you're going out of your way. You're making yourself miserable by doing that. And it's like there's so much more to life that you can do to keep yourself happy as opposed to trying to like make other people miserable. I feel you. And I think even to add to that, like I think people purposefully look for negative content, right? Like you go on Twitter, you can probably find one or two statements that are probably offensive to you. And then you'll go chasing them again. And then, you know, your total fingers will go, right? And social media will keep feeding it to you because people will, people get caught up in negative more than they do in positive. And the algorithms notice that and they'll feed you more stuff that's going to make you angry and at the end of the day, that's, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it's just like whenever we're angry with each other and we're fighting against each other, we can't actually get together and go against the powers that are actually trying to hold us back. You know, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like the formula of like apartheid where it's like, you know, the the whites kind of made the tribes of Africa go against each other so they didn't come together to be like hey you guys are the ones oppressing us they were too busy fighting among themselves you know so it's kind of the same thing if they keep democrats or republicans or pc versus non-pc conservative versus liberals fighting against each other then we're not going to realize hey like 
these billionaires have all the money and we're essentially slaves to the system. It's the good old divide and conquer trick. <laughs> Sorry, I just <laughs> went too much into that. <laughs> Oh, it's all good. Our last few episodes, like we go into stuff like this all the time. So, like, we yeah. really appreciate those takes. Yeah, the real takes. Especially when they, yeah, the, the ones outside the box, ones that are like underneath the surface, because like it's really bigger than just yeah. simple Twitter fingers and, and, you know, just pointing out. Uh, Twitter is not a real content. place. <laughs> Every time I get on Twitter, I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I go to laugh, to be honest. It's like, yeah. It's entertainment to me. <laughs> it's full of those it's full of internet thugs. Yeah, exactly. I have a I have a like an example of like a Twitter thing that I was just like, this is ridiculous, where some girl tweeted about her morning routine and how she has coffee with her husband in her backyard before she starts her day and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, oh, that's nice. Like, she's just sharing, like, a nice little thing. And then people started attacking her because she was just like, oh, well, I can't afford to buy a house. Or, oh, it must be nice that you can just, oh like, chill in your back. <laughs> and they turned it into, like, this whole, like, <laughs> negative thing. And that's when I was just like, oh. Okay. And they made it about themselves. Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> I just passed <laughs> I mean, so you really can find a way to spin it to the negative. Like Jay, when we like we were talking about the Dave Chappelle clip and how that was just I was gonna bring it up right now. (laughs) Go, hey, well the floor is yours, man. (laughs) But that was like a flip, and then everybody just took it and ran with it, right? Like no, yeah. So like the whole thing, like what Ash is saying about well, she's right. Like I totally agree with like comedy. Like you know, for the most part, if you're going to a comedy show, you know exactly who you're like going to see it's it's like you know if you're gonna go to a, a music concert you know who you're gonna listen to you know the type of music they're gonna play so if you're gonna go to a comedy show you know the type of jokes they're gonna say so you have someone like dave Chappelle who you know for let's just say for the 10 years ha- has been having his battles against the lgbtq community very documented battle you know because he says one joke into what 2015 i don't know i'm just throwing it out there he says one joke and they, they're not letting it go. You're transphobic, blah, blah, blah. So, of course, if I'm Dave Chappelle and I'm this, which I consider a, a comedic genius, you're just giving me more ammo to just write more jokes. So he's writing jokes about the LGBTQ community, which I don't think is harmful in any way. But, of course, you know, the argument is going to be is I'm not part of the community. So you just don't get it. But... I know people in the community and they don't think that, but whatever. So if I, if I just hate transphobic people and I hate jokes in spite of the, the trans community, why the hell would I go to a Dave Chappelle show waiting? You know, it's not guaranteed, but I'm waiting for him to say something, to say that. And then I'm going to flip out. So it's like, of course, Dave Chappelle don't care. You already gave me the money. I'm just going to kick you out. So it like it just blows my mind, and I'm just using him for example. I have other examples, but and it just blew my mind because this is a thing that happened. And I I think Jay, to me, Dave Chappelle's my favorite comedian, and he's a like a comedic genius. His storytelling is off the charts, and they really tried to cancel him. They legitimately like you know try to boycott Netflix and such. And I remember when I saw the closer live, right after I left, I texted Josh. I'm like, they're gonna go for him. Cause I knew they were gonna. I was like, man, I thought it was funny. I thought it was hilarious, and I'm like, but I know the sensitivity 
of different communities. I'm not going to go with, with the trans community. I'm just saying everybody. Like, if if you're, like, Cat Williams, right? He loves making fun of white people. He's always saying, white people this, white people that. So if you're a white person who don't like those jokes, <laughs> and look at that, Josh, you're already laughing because you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's my favorite comedian. So, like, I'm just thinking of, like, the Pimp Chronicles. And yeah. <laughs> so if he's saying things that you think are offensive, right, like, why would you go? Like, for example, for Pimp Chronicles, he makes a, and it's a, it is a super accurate joke. And it, that's the beauty of comedy. It's there's accuracy to it where he's like, Hispanic people, where y'all at? It'd be 30, you know, 30 people in a four focus. I'm like, damn, that's true. Because when, when I was growing up and we need to go somewhere, we're going to fit in this tight little <laughs> compact car. And I thought it was hilarious. But of course you got, I mean, I don't know any of it. could be some Hispanic people. Well, that's not funny. He's just making fun of us. But I'm like, well, then don't watch him then. Yeah. So like, so, I mean, so how do you feel with that happening? And like, they were really trying to cancel Dave. I think Dave is the most like. I know you say CK as well. Like, I know they they went for him, but like, I feel like Dave Chappelle is like the one with the most. Like, his canceling was like very up there. Yeah, it was on every news outlet and such. Like, how do you feel that happened? You think that kind of hurt comedy in any way? I think it it did a little bit, but um, you can't cancel Dave. <laughs> you can't cancel Dave. Chappelle. Oh no, you can't. You, but I, I think what upset me the most about that is that they got offended and completely missed the message that Thank you. put out there. That's like, what there I told Josh. There was a Josh. message behind what he was saying. He was trying to advocate for Black rights because he's saying, we like Black people have been oppressed for so long in this country. we try trying and to get ahead. And it's just like... Here you are rushing the process. Yeah, trans and... and, and not, not They deserve rights too, but it's just like... like people are going to get more offended by the F word than by the N word. Like if somebody who says it, who's not supposed to say it. And it's like, big facts. Like that was his whole point is like, what about black people? Like we've been here. He wasn't saying they don't deserve rights, but it's like, you know, like what, what do we need to do? The reason that you're getting rights is because white men are included in that. That was his whole point. White men are the ones who are, who are trans right now white men are the ones who are gay and it's like it shows it doesn't matter what you do in this country as a white man you're gonna get what you want and that was the whole point of his joke just went in a whole different direction and another point of it where like, they took the one snippet and they ran away with it but if you listen to the whole uh, special on the closer he summed it all up how he met a transgender person they became good friends Yes. Didn't didn't think his jokes were offensive, and because um, that person was an ally to Dave Chappelle, they bullied that person into eventually that person committed suicide. Right, so it was like, well, who's more dangerous, Dave Chappelle making a joke or you, the internet bully, the internet thugs? Because uh, this person didn't think someone's offensive. Like we don't have to agree on everything, and someone from the community just say, hey, Dave Chappelle is a funny person. So, like, that was the whole point of the joke for me. And no one talks about it because all you hear, and and I read so many news articles about this. And it's like, Dave Chappelle, this, transphobic, this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I can tell you didn't didn't listen to the whole thing. Because if you did, you will shut up. And you will speak about that. But no, you don't. But because it's not part of your agenda. The agenda is to, like you said, like, you know, African-Americans are 
hundreds of years trying to, you know, trying to get the rights they deserve. And here comes the LGBTQ community and within a span of 20, 30, 40 years trying to rush it and then overtake. And he's saying that and it's like, well, because they're white men. Yeah. As long as you're a white man, that's all you need to be. (laughs) And it's like, are we really getting rights at this point? Because they've always had rights. They always will have rights. Whatever they choose to do, those people are going to get rights. Yeah, that's a scary thought. That is a scary thought. You can have any stance you want if you have that uh that prerequisite. Yeah. And it's uh it's Gucci. Um I actually want to take uh I actually want to take the conversation a different direction if I may. And uh Yeah, yeah. I actually want to talk about even um black on black communications, especially with comedy. And recently uh, you know, we had like the Chris Rock and Will Smith situation with selective outrage, right? Where comedy was kind of used as I don't want to say comedy was weaponized, but yeah, he did kind of come for him a little bit. And I was curious of your thoughts on that and like the drama plus comedy in the like... whole phenomenon. Wait, wait, wait. Before, what did you think about the the special? Chris, yeah, if you I saw it. it, yeah, 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 yeah I liked it. Sure. Even the last ten minutes. I'm pretty sure I like the last 10 minutes. Oh, I can't remember now, but yeah. Oh, you'll know the last 10 minutes was dedicated to was, Will Smith. The whole Will Jada's part. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the definitely. Will Smith's a B. He's yeah, a yeah, B. Yeah. Like, oh. Yes. I was like, damn, it's tell comedy, me. Like, <laughs> I just thought, I think, I think what concerned me the most about that whole slap situation is what Chris Rock said wasn't even offensive. Like it really he compared was. Her to, he compared to G.I. Jane, which is Demi, you know, Demi Moore, which is a very beautiful lady. Like it's not like he said you were ugly. It's not like he didn't even say anything bad. That was like it wasn't even an offensive thing to say. But so and, I was just confused and, by the whole thing. And no, it's funny too. Like with the art of comedy, like if you're there and the comedians like speaking, even if it's just like a show like the Oscars, like you know, jokes are gonna be said. Like anyone's fair game, right? Yeah. My wife, me, me and my wife go to comedy shows, and she tells me every time, we're not sitting in the front. I'm like, well, why not? She's like, because I refuse to get joked on. She's like, I'm not stupid. Yeah. I know that. So, But she's right and there. Everybody like, knows that. If yeah. You're <laughs> but she knows that. So it's like, oh, why put myself in a situation? Even though I was like, you could, you could clown me. I don't care. Like... <laughs> <laughs> if so anything like be a sport. no if anything like Shaq right I think Shaq's the biggest sport he, how many comedy specials he has and everyone gets at him every time and he just takes it like he knows mm-hmm. of course of course I mean he's, he's got thick skin like he kind of like adds to it right like he's kind of the show the showman's showman in the NBA and he was for quite yeah. some time so mm-hmm. I guess you just kind of have to have that personality but yeah, I was really curious, actually, what your thoughts were for, like, that drama situation, because I heard a lot of, like, interviews from other comedians really congratulating him on winning through comedy. And I was curious if that was, <laughs> like, a thing, like, if... Um, uh, uh, yeah, as a comedian, I definitely, you know, get where Chris Rock was coming from, Um but I guess, like like I said, at the end of the day, you can say whatever you want to say. You just know there's going to be consequences. And 
as a comedian, you know that there's a chance someone's going to get mad at what you say and you just kind of have to deal with that. But then, you know, on the Will Smith end, it's just like, you know, you, if someone's telling a joke, just kind of like move past it. It's nothing personal. But I also get the, I, I get the idea of letting your emotions sometimes take over. And I think that's what happened in that moment where he, he probably just lost control of his emotions and did something kind of rash and, I get that too, because we, we're all human beings. And sometimes in the wrong situation, we end up doing something stupid because of our anger, because of our emotions. And, you know, I like, I don't like that they're beefing because I'm a fan of them both. And, you know, I, I guess I kind of see it from both ends, you know, like I can see how your emotions can take over and I can see as a comedian, how you can make that joke and not think anything of it. It's, but it's just like at the same time, I'm I'm not either one of those people. So I'm going to continue to watch stuff Will Smith does. And I'm going to continue to watch Chris Rock specials. Like I'm not picking a side. Like they're like, I'm, I'm just me. They're not, they're not my friends. Like they're not people I'm invested in. So <laughs> that's just how it is. Okay. So Josh, let me ask you this question. Cause I actually just, just popped in my mind. Um, and this regard, this is in regards to like the type the topic here about sensitivity. Um, do you think there's anything like out of bounds in regards like like for a comedian? So because like the reason I asked that because I thought of this funny this really funny joke is from Arnez J. Like he talks about his his handicapped brother and he's like it's hilarious. It's probably offensive to a lot of people who you know who has a handicapped relative. But he's like don't you know like don't feel you know don't feel sorry for him. Like he's a mean old the meanest disabled person I know. Blah blah blah. Then you have like. Cat Williams talking about white white people. You have you know, Dave Chappelle. Then you have um, dude. He had the poor little Tink Tink joke. Poor little Tink Tink. Yeah, uh, who else? Like George Lopez. He loves clowning white people, and uh, he he loves clowning Hispanic people too. And then um, actually, this came in my mind before, where um, I think it's Ted too, where they go to a uh, an improv. I think I think you know. See, I'm talking about like they go to the improv scene, so, yeah. and then the the improv scene's like, give me anything, right? And we'll make a joke out of it. He's like, 9-11, Holocaust, like stuff that are not funny, right? But like, make a joke out of it. And he's like, you're terrible, like. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, when I think of all these things, of course, a lot of them like can be like are offensive on their own rights, but like for comedy, like, do you think there's anything like out of bounds that like, you just do not talk about? Or anything like that? I don't think so. I think it's just up to your ability. Because I think people... Like, if you do a good job of making it funny, I think people can look past the the subject being offensive. And it's like, if you're not doing it with, you know, any ill intentions, you know, it's a, it's an art to it. I mean, there are certain things that people can't... And that's what I don't like. I don't like when people just talk about something just for the shock value of it because they know people are going to be like, oh, no. Um, still do the work of making the art funny and make it turn it into something funny. Don't just say something just because. Don't just say the word because you want to just shock people. Actually put the effort in to make the joke funny. Yeah, that, I think it really goes down or it really goes back to delivery, right? Like if you can do it in a way that is going to allow people to just to kind of be like, ah, you know, I'll just, I can't help but yeah. laugh at it, right? Like have that type of, I mean, you know, that type of conflict within, yeah. like that's kind of what you want, right? 
Yeah. Like, I'm I feel a... like jokes that, like, make fun of, like, women. And I'm just like, oh, that's rough. But I'll still laugh because it's like, you know, it's funny. <laughs> Josh, I can't get the, the damn poor little tink tink out of my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was just good when you said that. I was thinking, I was like, that was definitely... <laughs> That was so funny. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that was. Oh poor little Ting Ting. <laughs> that was that was one of his videos. I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, also, I think like if if you're making fun of like everybody and you don't make fun of a certain group because you don't want to offend them, like if you're making fun of you know black people, white people, whatever, but then you're just like, oh, I'm not gonna make fun of disabled people. I feel like that's more offensive in itself. Cause then it's like you're treating them differently. And it's like treat them how you would anybody else because that's all yes. they want. That's what I thought with we the whole Dave Chappelle thing. I was like if anything with the transgender community, you should be happy he's making fun of you. Cause yeah, like that exactly. that means you're that's equal. The deal, right? Yeah. Like if you are a recognized community, then you get cracked on. Like that's just mm-hmm. how it works. If you're exactly. not, then then you should be a little bit concerned. That's more of a yellow mm-hmm. flag or a red flag than anything else. Yeah. Totally agree with you there. But then I think Josh, that goes back to the whole like sensitivity of this world, right? Like you just like remember growing up where like you just used to make fun of people it was just it was like you just get clowned on it just it is what it is like you knew like you was a good sport about it and i feel like that goes away it just has it has gone away mm-hmm. i guess because the people like, i make fun of the hardest are the people i'm closest to and the people i love the most because they know i love them so they're not gonna you know it's, that's just how it is that's how i show love <laughs> so totally get that and i mean even dave like a lot of his jokes like he cracks on his own community like he yeah. cracks on black people all the time mm-hmm. i'm thinking of um i forget what that i forget what it was called i think it might have been like killing him softly or something like that but yeah uh when he was talking about like the gun store gun store liquor store gun store like that joke yes. like the whole and it's whole progression was mm-hmm. just hilarious and i'm like of course like that's just highlighting social problems but it's definitely yeah. cracking on the community at the or, same time. Or if you, t- if you go to an old Chris Rockman, right, where there's black people and then yeah. there's N-words, right? Yes. Like, yes. Oh, <laughs> that, that's a classic that's a one, classic, right? It's yeah. so funny. <laughs> but it's like, he's like, damn, Chris, you shouldn't have said that. But damn, you're right. Like, that's... That, yeah, <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> Yeah, it's I mean, all, it's I, all I, in I good wonder. fun. Yeah. I, for one, have a ton of respect for that art. It it really is a... Um, you tote the line so much, but in a way that makes you think. And I, I guess I'm just the type of person that, like, I can really resonate and just get behind that. Um, yeah. But I'm telling y'all brave. <laughs> y'all are brave, especially in this world. But it's awesome. Oh yeah, they're, they're definitely brave because again, just just listen to or watch old comedy specials and then you be like, yo, like how can you do that now? Or like, what can I say that's not gonna offend the person right next to you? Or again, w- w- with the world of cancel culture, even though Ash, you say that you don't believe in cancel culture, I do because I've unfortunately seen people either get canceled or just people in my inner circle that's like, no. I don't like what this person did. We need to cancel them for this, cancel them for that. That was offensive. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes you just got to learn how to separate the art from the artist. Yeah. And again, like I, I, I'm one that loves comedy. So like to, to be here with you is like great. Like I love this. Cause I 
watch so many comedy specials. I just like like I think we said it uh, off air. Like when I'm bored, if I got nothing to do, like I'm gonna watch a comedy special. Like I remember this was like right after the um, the Chris Rock thing. I was like, man, I got nothing to watch, so I go and go on HBO and I saw the Marlon Wayne special. I'm like, oh, he got a new special, and uh, it wasn't funny. It was the complete opposite where you had Chris Rock where he took the Will Smith thing, like the whole Will Smith situation, right? And he left it for the last 10 minutes waiting. Like he was waiting for that joke to happen. And all the other jokes was hilarious. And then he goes and rips Will Smith. Meanwhile, you have Marlon Wayans who... The whole special was about that. that. I'm like, you would think you got slapped. You would think you were the victim. For real. And I... And I was I seen, confused. I was less like, this isn't your story, but okay, I guess. And I and I seen his other specials, and I thought they were, I don't think he's hilarious. I, I, like, out of, out of the Wayne's family, he's not, like, the top one. But I, I thought his other. I didn't it, but it wasn't the best. Like, I, I, I didn't even finish it because I didn't think it was that funny. So, and then you have, like, the Monique special, the, who she just had one on Netflix. And that was, I could, I'm not going to lie, I couldn't even watch the first 15 minutes of it. I watched it just because, you know. Because it's Monique, right? Yeah. It that's a, that, that's why I said, you know, I love Monique. You know, I love the Parkers. I love, like, you know, she's one of the queens of comedy. And she, she's, Josh, I don't know if you watched it, but, like, man, like, promise you, like, the first 15 minutes I watched was, like, cursing the whole time. Like, every other word was a curse word. I'm like, I, you know, I don't care for cursing. Like, I don't whatever. I curse, too. But, my God, you're just doing it just to do it. F this, yeah. F this, mother, mother, mother. I'm like, okay, well, but between every yeah, like, there was sentence, no behind it. The you're losing substance that way. Yeah. Yeah. She was just doing it because I think she was trying to make a point because like Netflix tried to like cancel her because the whole Amy Schuler thing, like, you know, like she got paid so much money for Netflix and Monique th- felt like she should have. And I, I mean, at that time, I didn't think so because Monique didn't drop anything. Yeah. And she's like, well, it's because, you know, you're suppressing me. It was like, well, Dave Chappelle just got like a three three special $100 million. So it's not a race thing mm-hmm. because that's what she was trying to say. And then I, I, she, she like held out for so long against now she has a Netflix special. So it's just like now I'm really going to just show off and do whatever I want to do. And it's, I think it was at the expense she, of the show. Yeah, she didn't even. And I think what because it's like she made a big fuss to get all this money and then she didn't really release something that was worth that. And she didn't even tour. Yeah. Like most of the comedians will tour, try out different materials, see what works, see what doesn't work. She just did this one take, and that was it. And I was just like, like, like that Chris Rock special, the one with the Will Smith thing. That wasn't the first time. Like I listened to a lot of radio shows, and they would say, like the radio hosts would say, like, "Oh, like I heard these jokes already." So like they knew that yeah. that's what this was. Chris Rock practicing for the Netflix special, so they yeah, knew the Will Smith the, joke was happening. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of him. like. Too. which is kind of standard right like you you go on tour like you you try out your jokes you make sure that people don't have their phone so they can't like you know like but like like dave, yo, dave Chappelle, make sure you don't have your phone yeah. on you yeah. my yeah. god yo. <laughs> bro like i i i saw more like security at a at a Kevin Hart show than i've seen anywhere else i swear they have you lock your phone up now. That's genius. No, yeah, like Dave was. Dave was the one that started that. Day. I think Dave all should, the other big comedians do. I had to lock my watch. Like I'm like I can't do anything with my watch because yeah, yeah, a smart watch you have to lock it up. So like imagine yeah. you're there waiting, right? I'm waiting for Dave Chappelle, and I'm like I have nothing to do. And this is when I felt right? like I had a problem. Like I felt like like 
oh damn the what's the crackhead in, in the Chappelle show where he's like I need yeah, my phone right? like, <laughs> 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 like, like, I need my phone was that bad because I had someone with me but when I went to go see Chris Rock like I was by myself and I'm just sitting there in the empty theater just like with my thoughts and I'm just like when the oh, show gonna start like <laughs> yeah it, it has to be something new because I've seen like Gabriel Iglesias I saw Cedric Entertainer, George Lopez. I saw them and like I saw one in like the triple when it was the triple A at the time. So it was a big arena. And then I saw like at the improv, so a little smaller intimate. And both times I didn't like I had my phone with me. So it's like this was just happening. You're like, you're right. I think Dave Chappelle started because he knew I'm not gonna say these jokes for free. Yeah. If you're if you're gonna cancel me, at least try to at least pay for it first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why he did it because he knew he was going to be saying some offensive stuff and he didn't want it to get out out of context from people until he actually got to raise his special. Still did <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah. still kind of did. Which, <laughs> I mean, I think that that's kind of part of it, right? Like we said before, like you just kind of give someone potentially more ammo to fire off, but that's neither here nor there whatever he wants to do with it you know by all means but actually like this has been an episode of laughs big time comedy i thank you so much for taking the time to you know be with us and share your experiences share your thoughts on comedy the art itself uh, especially how it is in today's society like we really appreciate you hanging out with us thank you thanks for having me for sure no, I definitely appreciate it. Again, so as someone who loves comedy, this is like this is great to hear the comedic point of view of it because I know it's a it's a hard field to be in. It's like comedy is almost like a dying breed at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did want to ask you something, Ash, before we uh, we start kind of the wrap up. Um, I noticed something like on IG, like you're always pulling like a national something day. Like, oh yeah talk to us yeah. about that like jay i know you're not on ig but like it'll be the most random national awareness day <laughs> and like she has it on like this new like it's not a status the, thing, the notes it's, yeah it's what they call it i don't know because that notes thing came up and i was just like man this is like another like do we need more statuses and things to write and I was just like, you know what? Since it lasts 24 hours, I was just like, I know. Because they do it at my job, actually. Because we have, like, these morning meetings. And they'll go over, like, today's national whatever day. Because there's something for every day. And it's just a website I go to. And they'll have, like, five things for that day. And I was just like, this would be cool just to... That way I have something up all the time. Because, like, as a comedian, they're always saying, like, you always have to have something on all your platforms and every in every way so i just try to like keep everything up because at least in the notes thing like you're in the forefront if you have a note up there and people will see you whatever so i was just like well there's something every day so i'll just do that and it's just like a quick easy thing and it's just fun <laughs> jay we need to get some podcast notes i'm notes. saying man that, that, that's, that's a good those, idea yeah are hilarious like i'm thinking when you go in the there you see them and yeah like you'll see oh some people will have like oh our new reel is up or a new episode launched and you'll you know it's kind of like a status to everyone of what's the latest thing with you hey josh take some notes man i'm gonna start that it's already here like notes Mm -hmm. episode out like yeah let's go that's perfect yeah yeah um 
But uh, not actually, everybody watches stories, so I think that's a quick way. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Kind of some instant eyes and ears, or instant eyes on your on your stuff. Um, but Ash, I know you uh, you've got some shows coming up. Like, where are you gonna be if somebody's interested in hearing your stuff? Like, where can they find you? Um, I'm going to be at the Orlando Improv on Thursday. So that's March 25th. Um, the show starts at 730. I'm going to be hosting that show. So it's me and, uh, was it, three, five other comedians. Um, it's Jacked Up, which is put on by Jackie Sanchez. She's a comedian out of South Florida. Um, and then Friday, I'm going to be hosting a show at Bonkers. Um, Tony Black is the headliner, I believe. Um, Bonkers, which is at the corner in downtown Orlando. Um, so those are two places. That one starts at 8 p.m. Um, so if anybody's in Orlando and wants to stop by, um, just check on my Instagram. There's a link to my website in my bio where you can get links to the tickets for both shows. If you're going to the improv show, there is a code, a promo code FREE, F-R-E-E, and you get free tickets. So I can't help you out with the other show. That one you're going to have to pay <laughs> But that's All it. Right. Yeah, thank you again for joining us. This has been a fun, lighthearted, but still we got down to the we got down to the nitty-gritty. And funny, Josh, this is like the complete opposite of our the previous episode, right? We had the PC episode, episode nine, and then you got this one, the comedy one. Yep. It just it all comes full circle, right? Like life is meant to be enjoyed, entertained, right? Like can't just be you know walking on eggshells each and every day i think that's kind of the big takeaway from this as well like loosen up exactly relax (laughs) drink us simply yeah are those alcoholic yeah oh yeah uh, oh okay simply juices yeah spiked so they're only five percent and you know nothing too too serious yeah Cool vibes, cool vibes. Still for local, especially for the summer. Oh, these are better than for locals. <laughs> <laughs> Never again. Uh, no, too old for that one for sure. But uh, everyone, like, thank you so much in advance for listening, tuning in. Remember, you can find genuine content on all social media platforms uh, at genuine underscore content on IG, genuine content podcast on Facebook. Uh, we're on all your major podcast platforms, whether it's Apple, uh, Spotify, Google Play, Apple or um, Amazon Prime, you name it, we're on it. Um, stay tuned for further content. Stay tuned for further episodes. Ashley, you are now part of the Genuine Content family. Thank you so hey. much once again. We appreciate it. Uh, everyone like, subscribe, leave a review. Jay, you got any final thoughts? No, man, everyone just take it easy. Everyone, please follow the YouTube. Uh, as as everyone knows now, this is going to be our third, uh, fourth video uh, episode, and we're going to eventually do YouTube Live. So I know for all our audio listeners, just if you can, just please go to YouTube as well. We'll let everyone know when we're going to do actual live. It's a set of IG Live. We're going to do YouTube Live uh, with this whole program we're using. I feel like this is way better for us, and we're just only scratching the surface on what we're going to do. So this has been big time kind of getting adjusted to it all, but um, everyone out there, thank you so much again for tuning in, listening. 
This is genuine content, genuine conversation, genuine vibes. Peace out. Peace.